22 years ago, I was a student pastor in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, Pastor Carl, who is still at Kenmar Presbyterian Church in, uh, and serving there today, asked me to, guess what, preach the Sunday after Christmas. <laughs> and, the, and the text that we'll be engaging today from Luke chapter 2, after what we all might relate to as the Christmas story, the story continues, and that was the text 22 years ago that he said, can you, can you preach from this? Um, and being, being the person that I am, I was curious too, some Sundays after Christmas here at Good Shepherd years past, and I noticed this text from Luke 2 was preached by Pastor Paul, by Pastor Curtis, by Pastor Jim, and, and several others, and so I feel right at home. <laughs> with, with this, this text, uh, but this isn't a 22-year-old sermon, don't worry. <laughs> but really, we're here in the season of Christmas, the Sunday after Christmas, and we have an opportunity to continue to step back in this season of Christmas and reflect and wait upon what the Lord is going to do as we anticipate a new year, realizing that Christmas brings with it, as Josh has shared, joys and concerns, hopes and dreams, miracles, and still small moments. So this morning with me, stop for a still small moment and think again about the gift that God has given to us in Jesus Christ, that little baby born in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. Take a sigh of relief, too, that the weight of the world doesn't rest on your shoulders or mine. Jesus removed that burden from us. Jesus, the Christ, is our Lord and Savior, and we're to go and tell. We're to be his missionaries, his disciples, his ambassadors. We are called to share the good news, not be the good news. Does that make sense? We're called to share the good news, not be the good news. And sometimes we find the most profound messages about the good news in simple things. And one of the, the things I appreciate about our 4 p.m. Christmas Eve family worship gathering is that we begin that with a clip from the Charlie Brown Christmas. And it was great to see that again and little kids shouting out as, that, as we began worship on Friday night. When the Peanuts gang was running around before Christmas thinking about everything other than the birth of a baby in a manger, Linus, you know Linus? brought them the true meaning of Christmas. It's so powerful. As the lights dimmed and Linus took center stage with his security blanket, right? In hand, he said, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. Remember what Linus did next? It took me a few watchings of this clip. Do you know what Linus did next after he said, fear not from the scriptures? 
he dropped his blanket. He dropped his blanket because he knew he no longer had anything to fear. Linus knew the hope that came with the birth of baby Jesus. And so Linus continued, For behold, I bring unto you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so, friends, as we continue to journey through this season of Christmas and by God's grace into the new year, Let's continue to ask the Holy Spirit to help us have that hope in Christ and in Christ alone, to experience his love, to be filled with his joy, and to be able to not only receive but to share his peace as we receive this gift of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yes, this message will be at least the last, I believe, from Good Shepherd in 2021. And already you might have been seeing some things on television or the internet about people looking back, maybe not only on 2021, but maybe the first 20 years of the 21st century, etc. We always sometimes at this time of year, right before New Year's, take time to stop and reflect and look back and remember. And yet at the same time, we want to look forward as well. And so the story of Jesus continues beyond what Linus shared to Charlie Brown and that gang about the true meaning of Christmas. And we'll get to that text from Luke chapter 2 in just a minute. But you know, at this time of year, there's also wisdom for the new year, right? Have you already started to hear it? Wisdom for 2022? <laughs> a lot of times we hear with the kids what they see as, as wisdom. For example, never trust a dog to watch your food. <laughs> wisdom for the new year. Here's another one. I didn't know this. You can't hide a piece of broccoli in that glass of milk. <laughs> Children again, we hear what they see, and our hearts are touched by it. Dear God, I bet it is very hard for you to love everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can never do it. <laughs> and speaking of the office being closed, Dear God, in school they told us what you do. Who does it when you're on vacation? Thank goodness God doesn't go on vacation. Amen. And then there's a little more expanded stories. Um, one during a minister's prayer one Sunday, there was a loud whistle from one of the back pews. Gary's mother was horrified. She pinched him in the silence and after church asked, Gary, whatever made you do such a thing? Gary answered very honestly, I asked God to teach me to whistle and he did it just then. <laughs> You find all these things that get emailed. I could go on and on and on with all the emails I receive from some of you about kids saying the darndest things. But as kids tell stories through their lens, 
The greatest story ever told is the birth of Jesus and how Jesus came to save us. And that's really what I want to focus on this morning. What are we going to do with that story? What are we going to do with the birth of Jesus? Is that something that we just kind of get in our holy huddle? And it's an insider secret? And we might read Luke chapter 2 one day a year? Absolutely not. The story was meant as the shepherds modeled for us to what? Go and tell. The story is meant to be shared. They were astonished and amazed at the angels appearing to them. But when they came and saw the Christ child, they were further amazed and overcome by the glory of the Lord. And so they went and told. And they were the first missionaries, the first evangelists. And still in 2021, friends, there are 1,800 people groups, according to Wycliffe Bible translators, that are still waiting to have the beginnings of the Bible translated in their own language. 30% of the world is Christian. And yet, not all the world obviously knows that Jesus Christ has been born. What are we to do with the story? Bible translation is so important, isn't it? We take for granted that we're going to hear and be able to read God's story to us in our own language. I take it for granted all the time. And this is the greatest story ever told. And as we encounter the Gospels, as we take And look at the shepherds going and telling, what are we going to do with this story as well? And I want us to turn our hearts and our ears and our minds right now to Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 21, because right here, right here is why this story needs to be told. Verse 21 tells us, on the eighth day, When it came time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. The name Jesus means what? The Lord saves. If there is ever a reason to tell the story of Christmas, to tell the story of Jesus, is because He is the only way to the Father. He is the only way to have sins forgiven. And Mary and Joseph, as they were still dealing with the miracle and the mystery of this baby born to them in that humble setting, in the feeding trough of the animals, they still obeyed the law the Jewish rituals and customs. The king of king and lord of lords was taken to be circumcised on the eighth day. 
Verse 22 says, when the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. And right there, we know how poor and destitute Mary and Joseph were. They weren't able to offer an unblemished lamb of a year old. Luke tells us, he skipped that part of Leviticus chapter 12. He lets us know that all that Mary and Joseph could bring was either a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Friends, Jesus didn't get any fast pass. Jesus didn't have an HOV lane. Jesus, fully God, fully human, earthly son of Mary and his adoptive father, Joseph, they obeyed the Jewish custom. Verse 25 says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by that spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. Friends, that saying, that prayer from Simeon. I don't know if there's a greater desire in our human hearts than to see God. With the apostle Philip, our hearts cry out, as he said in John 14, Lord, let us see the Father, and then we shall be satisfied. And Jesus answers Philip, do you remember this? To have seen me is to have seen the Father. And right there, a devout follower of the Lord, an aged man named Simeon, guided by the Holy Spirit for years and years and years, waited, waited. And when Jesus was taken up in his arms, my eyes have seen your salvation. A light, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. Right there, God was speaking through Simeon that Jesus was coming not only for the Jew, but also for all people. All people. Verse 33 says, The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to call the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many will be revealed 
and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Here in the first time in the Gospel of Luke, we get a picture that not only is Jesus going to suffer, but Mary is going to suffer too. For any of you that have seen that movie, Passion of the Christ, one of the most powerful scenes for me is that scene when Jesus is carrying the cross on his back on his way to, the, to Calvary, and that flash goes to Mary, his mother, weeping and in agony. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. Jesus, whose name means the Lord saves, was coming not only in all glory and in all majesty, and yet in such a humble way, God tells us that he was coming for our salvation. As we conclude today's text, there's also another player in this. Not only Simeon, but in verse 36 of Luke chapter 2, we're told that there was also a prophetess, and her name was Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Do we get a sense of the commitment of Anna? She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. God was doing a miracle in the midst of Joseph and Mary's obedience to the law of the Lord. God was using Simeon and Anna to proclaim and testify that, yes, Jesus is the promised one. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. And so in verse 39 and 40, we learn when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Friends, we have heard the story. Simeon and Anna saw God's promises. Well, how are our hearts going to respond? Have you received this Jesus? Have you received his forgiving love in your life? Have you been reaching out in the midst of the chaos and the uncertainty of this world to hang on to other people or other things. Their eyes have seen. By God's grace, our ears have heard. Has your heart received his forgiveness? Has your heart been open to the hope and the promise? Friends, let God's light shine through you this Christmas. You don't have to tell his story oftentimes with words. It's how you treat people. People that you love, people that you don't know, and even people that you just have a hard time dealing with. Or is it just me? 
A little girl on the way home from church turned to her mother and said, Mommy, the preacher's sermon this morning confused me. The mother said, Oh, why is that? The girl replied, Well, he said that God is bigger than we are. Is that true? Well, yes, that's true, the mother replied. He also said that God lives within us. Is that true too? Again, the mother replied, Yes. Well, said the girl, if God is bigger than us and he lives in us, wouldn't he show through? You know, I, I like that again. <laughs> Seeing the message of God's salvation, the message of the gospel through the ears and the eyes of a child. If God is bigger than us and he lives within us, wouldn't he show through? I think he would, yes. By what we say, by what we do. And we're not sharing the good news that Jesus is the light of the world so that we get a plaque on the wall. We're doing it, friends, so that others might experience his joy and his peace. It may sound too simple. But as we start our new year together by God's grace in just a few days, and as we hold on to the season of Christmas... For 10 more days, is God showing through in your life? And not just necessarily in church. More importantly, is God shining through and showing through your life when you walk out those doors, get into the parking lot, into your car, and drive home? Is God going to shine through you this day? Think about ways in which you see God shining through in this world. Oftentimes, our news is dominated, right, by all that's bad and scary and concerning in this world. And you know what? There's no answer on page 336, paragraph 3, as to why all this is happening. I'm with you. But I do know this. God's light, the light of Christ, is never extinguished. We physically will blow this candle out or, or put it out at the end of the service, as well as these two right here. But the light of Jesus, Scripture tells us, the darkness will never overcome it. And so let's go be the light and the love of Jesus. Why not, right? Why not? as Simeon and Anna were guided by the Holy Spirit to wait patiently for this Christ child. So might we be guided by the same Holy Spirit to go let God ooze out of us in words and actions this week. Luke chapter 2, verses 17 and 20 tell us this about the shepherds once again. When they saw, they made known what had been told to them about the child. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And so, in a way, the story, friends, comes full circle the shepherds who had heard the heavenly messengers became the messengers themselves. They joined the holy angels in glorifying and praising God. And they joined them also in the blessed work of what? Telling others. How are we going to tell others? 
How can we build off of Simeon and Anna's confirmation that this is the Messiah? This is the anointed one. And so now, friends, this privilege is ours as well. For we too have heard this wondrous story again, the message of the Lord who was sent to earth to be our Savior, who gave his life and overcame death so that someday we might be granted the privilege of joining the heavenly host in offering you, Lord God, eternal praise. But you know what? We don't need to wait to heaven to begin that blessed work. And so I pray today that God may give each of us the grace to speak his message and to proclaim his praise even now and into the new year. Don't wait. Mary and Joseph saw. The shepherds and the wise men saw. Simeon and Anna saw. We have heard through the accurate and holy witness and testimony recorded in Scripture. What's our response going to be to the greatest story ever told? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we respond with open hearts, with open ears, with open minds, with open lives this morning. We need you. You kept your promise. You modeled obedience. And your name means the Lord saves. Some of us here today need to believe and receive this Christmas season. The Christ child. Some of us here this morning may need to respond with gratitude for God's grace and his mercy and his promise of never leaving you nor forsaking you, even in difficult times. And then tell the story in word and in deed. Some of us here this morning may need to make that recommitment in their life to deepen our faith and our life journey. Without your own story, Lord Jesus, we have no hope. But Lord, because your story is the greatest ever told, we're called to go and tell it on the mountains. So help us not to leave this place this morning knowing that you are Lord and Savior that your story is true, and that we can have hope this day and every day that you give us, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And yes, at times we might say, what a strange way to save the world. But Lord, you have come, and now you have ascended to the right hand of God the Father Almighty and are interceding for your people and your world even today as our great high priest. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Thanks for first loving us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.